0: of Church for Blank. Come on, eight weeks as a church. Come on, amazing. Um, Also, I'm pretty sure we basically sold out of our merch. Uh, If you don't follow our Instagram, social media, make sure to give us a follow. We'll update you. We're going to order some more. Um, This went out quick, and so thank you guys so much. Um, If you didn't know, all the the, um, proceeds are going to kids and youth ministry um, here at Church for All, so thank you guys for buying merch. You guys look good. But today, I'm going to be talking about church for the inconveniences. And church for the inconvenienced. I look up the definition of inconvenience and it says, uh, trouble or difficulty caused to one's personal requirements or comfort. And really the dagger that I want to lead with today, the the, the hard question I want to lead with is, is our plan more important than people? Ooh, quiet. Is our plan more important than people? And we're going to jump into Luke chapter 10. And uh, this is called Defining Neighbor. Verse 25 says, Just then a religion scholar stood up with the question to test Jesus. He said, Teacher, what do I need to do to get eternal life? Jesus answers with the question, What's written in God's law? I love Jesus' ability to not answer a question right. It's like, yes, no, story, story, right? And so Jesus says, Well, what's written in God's law? How do you interpret it? And And the religious leader said, that you love the Lord your God with all your passion and prayer and muscle and intelligence, and that you love your neighbor as you love yourself. Good answer, said Jesus. Do it and you'll live. Looking for a loophole, the religious leader asked, so how would you define neighbor? I think we do this. Oh, love the Lord your God with all your mind, with everything. Okay, done. Love your neighbor. So God, like neighbor, like my best friend, like my like sibling, and I think that we tap dance around, like God. What do you mean, neighbor? Like, do you mean the person that cut me off on the freeway? Do you mean that rude shift lead at my work? Do you mean that barista who's new that doesn't know how to shake an espresso? Like, like you mean, like, like that? Them too? Their neighbor too? And so Jesus responds with this story. He says, "There once was a man traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. On the way, he was attacked by robbers. They took his clothes, they beat him up, and went off, leaving him half dead." Luckily, a priest was there and on his way down the same road, but when he saw him, he angled across the street. Then a, a Levi, a religious man, showed up and he also avoided the injured man. Yes, I said priest and a religious man avoided the person who was just jumping, beaten, and left half dead. Then a Samaritan traveling the road came onto him. When he saw the man's condition, his heart went out to him, and he gave him aid, or gave him first aid, disaffecting and bandaging his wounds. Then he lifted him onto the donkey, led him to an inn, and made him comfortable. In the morning, he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, take good care of him. If it costs any more, put it on my bill. I'll pay you on my way back. What do you think, Jesus asked? Which of the three became a neighbor to the man attacked by robbers? The religious scholar responded, the one who treated him kindly. And Jesus says, go and do the same. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for our church. God, thank you for this message. I pray that um, as we feel inconvenienced by people, or maybe we feel like the inconvenience. God, I pray uh, today you open our hearts, open our minds. And God, I pray our plans never be more important than people. And God, I also just pray for LeBron James Health, our Leather Lakers Championship. In Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> Woo! Hey, we got some Laker fans. Okay, you guys get discount at the merch store. Just do a promo code Lakers. Just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, there's three things that shift our, uh, there's three things, uh, are reasons why we get inconvenienced by people. Look at your neighbor say three reasons. Number one, um, we, we, we don't want to get inconvenienced by people because it's going to shift our agenda. Inconveniences shift our agenda um God have you heard that term uh God has a great sense of humor, yeah, try preaching about inconveniences and then having the week leading up to it. I think I've been inconvenienced more this week ever than in my life, okay and and um uh like one instance, like I hate moving, right, and uh my friend uh moved into an apartment, decided not to, and moved out. We moved three times, okay. I already told him I wasn't actually mad about it. It just made a good story. Uh, but I was driving the other day with my daughter, and uh, we were in the car. I had stuff to do, okay? I needed to get to the coffee shop. My friends are there, okay? I needed to plan for my sermon. I need to sermon. I'm a busy man, Brio, okay? I don't need your inconvenience. So I'm driving, and I'm not going to give you the whole story because I'm going to tell you the end later, but I'm driving, and she's crying in the back. She's talking about she doesn't want to go to school. My plan was more important in that moment than my four-year-old daughter not wanting to go to school. I'll get to the rest of that story later. But I want to give you these three things that uh, why we get inconvenienced before we get into the message, okay? Uh, A second reason why uh, we, we get inconvenienced by people is because we wonder what it'll cost us. Money and time. Oftentimes, people spend money on things they don't want to do because they don't want to be inconvenienced by it. Hence why I paid one of our youth students to do my yard this week. not funny? Like, we don't want to be inconvenienced because it's going to cost us money, but we'll pay money to not be inconvenienced. When you're quiet, it just means I'm on right track. It's going to cost us time. Try working in youth ministry. They don't like you because you're an adult and have a car and a job. It takes time, car rides, conversations, uh, showing up to uh, football games and basketball games and softball games. Like, like a relationship with a person, especially a student, a young person, especially Gen Z, it takes time. It's an inconvenience sometimes to serve in youth ministry. All the youth leaders said amen. And the third thing that, 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 that we're afraid that we'll get, the uh, third thing that gets us inconvenienced by people is, is it a value to me? What does this do for me? If I stop and help this person, how is this gonna? How am I gonna look? What's this gonna do for me? Uh, we have a student in our youth ministry, young man, probably the funniest kid I've ever had in ministry. Um, total inconvenience. Lived in West Seattle. Always needed a ride home. Would rather listen to his music than my music in the car. And his music I couldn't play in this room. Okay. Um, cussed, just like total different background than me. Like it was just like, it was a rough relationship. But I was like, well, God, God's called me to the city of Kent and God's called me to love young people. But I was often feeling uncomfortable and inconvenienced. But to me, it was always worth it because I loved this kid. And I get a call this week that he's looking at up to seven years in jail. And I remember sitting in my car and I was almost lamenting. I'm just angry at God. I'm like, God, what the heck? I said, God, was, was this a waste of time? Was this worth it? And he says, does it matter you love my people? Like, I got, I got checked in my car. I'm frustrated with God. I said, was this worth it? And the response was, does it matter you love my people? Can we not look at the value that loving people gives to us and just love the people that God's called us to love? Can we not just be so focused on on what it does for me and just put our hearts outward to the people in our lives? I believe if we're going to be a church for all, we got to be inconvenienced just a little bit. So let's go back to the Bible because there's a couple things we can learn from the Samaritan. It says, there once a man traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. On the way, he was jumped by robbers. They took his clothes, beat him up, and went off, leaving him half dead. Luckily, a priest was on his way. We know how that ended. Then a, a religious man showed up. We know how that ended. But it said a Samaritan traveling down the road came to him, and when he saw him the in the man's condition, his heart went out to him. Number one, if we're going to be a church that is willing to be inconvenienced, we have to have a love-led awareness for people. See, this man went out of his way. He saw him, and his heart went to him. We have to have a love-led awareness for people, even the ones that make us uncomfortable, even the ones that are a little bit harder to love. We have to have a love-led awareness. A lot of us are aware of people who are hurting that are an inconvenience, but none of us are led in love with it. We have to be a love-led, aware church. Amen. Band, you guys can come back up. It says he gave him first aid, disinfecting and bandaging his wounds. Then he left him on the donkey, led him to an inn, and made him comfortable. In the morning, he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, take good care of him. If it costs any more, put it on my bill, and I'll pay you back. I think if we're going to be a church that is willing to be inconvenienced, we have to have a generous heart. Time and money. I told you I was going to share the rest of the Brielle story, so I'll tell you now. Um, we're driving, and um, you know we're just on the way to school, and I look back, and she's crying. Now, Brielle has two cries. It's a real cry, and then the I want what I want, and I'm not going to stop crying until I get it cry. This was number one. As I remember looking back at her, and I'm like, why are you crying? Like, I'm thinking this in my head, okay? Total human moment. I always feel like I tell on myself when I preach, but I have to just be transparent with you. So I'm driving, and I look back, and I'm like, and I'm thinking about myself. real. I got to get to candor. I got to work on my message. I'm like, I'm like real. your dad's not in the hospital. Your student didn't get arrested this week. These are things I'm thinking. I'm not telling her. And I, like, look back. I turn on the car. I'm like, Mama, what's wrong? And she's like, I'm sad. I'm like, I know why. She's like, I just, I just don't want to go to school. I'm like, okay, why? She's like, I just can't today. I just can't. I'm like, what do you mean you can't? Like, you can't do math or you can't be around people. She's like, I don't know. I'm just sad. I can't. And she's legit crying. And I'm like, feels totally inconvenienced because I just, like, I'm not taking her back home. And I got to drop her off. She's crying. What are the teachers going to think of me, right? This is real human thoughts. And... I stopped the car, put it in brake, and I told her to unbuckle. I'm like, unbuckle, come here. She's like, what? We're going to be late. I said, doesn't matter. I said, come here. So she came in the front seat, and I just held her. She cried. And I'm like, let's go to school. We'll get, you, we'll get you as soon as you get out of school. We won't make you go to Basque. But I want you to have a good day. I love you. She hugged me. I love you, too. We listened to Jojo Siwa on the way, back, on the way down. What really checked me was one, I was preaching about inconveniences, but two, all the things I was worried about. I heard this voice in the back of my head that said, "I got it." God said, "Love on your daughter. I got the rest. We'll get to your message. You'll get to your friends. Your dad's gonna be okay. You'll be able to talk to your student. I got it. Just love my people." Some of you need to hear that today. That feel inconvenience. God's got it. Love His people. He he's in control of all the things you're stressed out about. This was not the best week to preach. I got inconvenienced every day. I'm not kidding. Even today, my laptop locked me out. I had to use Alberto's. Nonstop, but God kept telling me, son, I got you. Just go do what I've called you to do. I got the rest. And so those of us worried about money and time, God's got that. But do you have his people? Then Jesus asked this question, what do you think? Which of the three became a neighbor to the man attacked by robbers? And the religious scholar said, the one who treated treated him kindly. Point number three, it's time to be kind, church. Like it sounds so easy, but it's not. I feel bad for the barista, now I gotta go say sorry after church. I'd offer to buy him a coffee, but he gets a free one. But it's time to be kind. I'm a part of this Facebook group. It's a Creative Pastors. I don't even know what that means. I think we're just all pastors that create graphics. And um, there's about a 1,000 people on this page. All of us, uh, you have to type in what church you work for, what your role is. So everyone's a pastor. And this lady posted on there and said, this has been a year. We have eight staff members at our church, five full-time, three part-time, and six of them have quit or left the church completely. And that's all she said. Now, if I'm in a room of pastors and I say that, I'm probably looking to be encouraged. But the first response on this Facebook post goes, what's the point of this post? Pastor, sounds like the priest in the story. Second comment, about 15 minutes later, I'm watching this post now. The second comment was, hey, my part-time job, aside of being a pastor, is that I do cultural coaching for churches. If you wanted to fly me out, I can take a look at what's going on, and then at a discounted price, I'm like, are you kidding me? Third person, yikes, time to move out. Finally, two hours later, four comments later, someone said, hey, I'm so sorry you're going through this. You don't know me, but I want you to know I love you. And if you need a friend, here's my phone number. When it comes to people who's hurting, who do you want to identify as? The one that crosses the street? The one that's looking for a penny, the one that has no faith at all, or do you want to be the person that says, hey, I know you're hurting, but I'm going to come alongside you because I love you, and this is what I would want. I believe the Samaritan would want someone to stop for him. It's time to stop and just love people and come alongside them. I don't want to be a church for all that crosses the street. I want to be a church for all that goes to the problem. My plan should not be more important than God's people. I'm going to end on this story, and then we'll worship a little bit. Uh, when I was in high school, we thought it was cool to shorten up words. I don't know why. And uh, one of the words we would shorten is the word inconvenient. And we would say inconvene, because int is so much longer, right? And uh, our youth leader at the time uh, would pick us up in, the, in his car to take us to church. And we'd say, hey, I need a ride home. And if you're a youth leader, hearing you need to ride home when you're tired, have to work the next morning, it's a little bit inconvenient, okay? But this leader would tell me and my friend, come on, inconvene, it's time to go. Hey, inconvene, do you need to ride to church? And it was like, that was my new identity that I was just an inconvenience to him. And it was funny at first. I'm like, oh, here's gas money, right? And then one day I just decided... I probably shouldn't go to church. I'm an inconvenience. Like I'm, I'm literally being called the word "inconvenient," and so I missed three, four weeks of youth ministry, three, four weeks of Sunday church. And my youth pastor calls me. He's like, "Dude, where you been? Everything okay?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm just busy with school and work." And he's like, "Okay," uh, he's like, "That's a bunch of crap. Um, what's really going on?" I said, "I mean, I just, I just feel like an inconvenience." Like. At the time, you know, it was 15 years ago, I was the only one of four brown kids in the youth ministry. I didn't dress like all the church goers that baggy pants, sideways hat. Like, I told him, I just, I feel like an inconvenience. And he goes, DJ, can I tell you, you're not an inconvenience to me. You're not an inconvenience to the staff. You're not an inconvenience to this church. You're not an inconvenience to, to volunteers. And you for sure are not an inconvenience to God. And some of you need to hear that today. Some of you feel like the inconvenience. Some of you feel unseen or unvalued that if you didn't show up at church, no one would notice they wouldn't care about you. I think you need to hear today. You are not an inconvenience to church for all. You are not an inconvenience to church for all staff or church for all volunteers. And you for sure are not an inconvenience to God because our God would be the heart of the Samaritan that would go to you in your pain and love you and not worry about time and not worry about money and go straight to the problem. If that's you today and you feel like an inconvenience, I encourage you to say to yourself, I am not an inconvenience. I am a child of God. Will you stand with me today? If you're here today, we're gonna to respond to a couple of things with heads bowed, eyes closed. Some of you guys uh, in here this morning, you you feel like you're probably leaning more as the Levite or the priest in the story where you got stuff to do, you got plans, you got an agenda, you got things to do. But maybe you're saying, hey, Pastor Jay, today's my day. I want a softened heart. I want a heart of a Samaritan. I want to love God's people above my plan. If that's you, will you raise your hand real quick? Come on, you say, I want to have a softened heart. Thank you so much. Hands across the room. Me too. Me too. Second thing I want to pray for today is uh, if you're here and you feel like an inconvenience, maybe you needed to hear that today, that you're not an inconvenience, you're a child of God. Can you put your hand up real quick? You can put it right back down. I just want to pray for you. So good. Last but not least, Maybe you haven't had a relationship with God before or maybe you have and have walked away from God but today you want to have a fresh start with God. You want to recommit your life to Jesus or for the first time commit your life to Jesus. We you put your hand up and write back down. I just want to pray for you. Thank you. Thank you church. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray right now. God, we pray for, for, for those who raised their hand this morning who were, who were saying, you know, I have, I have a hard heart and I'm busy and I put my plan over people. But today we had hands raised that said I no longer choose to have that agenda. But God, let me have time uh, to love your people. God, let me put your people first and not be inconvenienced. And God, for the, for those who raise their hands and I feel like an inconvenience, God, give them the courage and faith as we get into this worship song to just scream to heaven and say, I'm not an inconvenience, I'm a child of God, and I'm home. And God, we just pray for them right now, God, allow them to be seen, valued, and loved. And last but not least, the hands that were raised to have a fresh start with God, God, there's a party in heaven right now, and we celebrate that today in your name, amen. Let's worship.